Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, the idea of putting in some new windows or a new door, it's really exciting. But it also can be a little intimidating because sometimes you don't even know where to begin. But let me help you out. First of all, you got to go with Pella. And with going with Pella, there are a couple of directions you can go to get things cracking. You can schedule a free in-home consultation. That's right, free. You get a Pella expert out to sit down with you, look at your home. They're going to be able to put a Scott Frost-esque game plan together for you that fits your budget, your home, your wants, and your needs. That's one option. Or... Option number two, you can head out to the showroom. The showroom is really cool. Sometimes it helps to actually see the window, see the door, open it, close it to get a better feel for exactly what you are putting into your home. The showroom is a great place to start as well. Just know any direction you go, Pella can 100% provide window and door solutions to any home. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my friends at Runza. You know, in basketball, it's all about killer combos. Pick and roll, give and go, Fred Hoiberg and versatile shooters, or I should say Adrian Martinez and Wandell Robinson. Combos make life better, man. And Runza makes it all better, including the classic combo, chili and cinnamon rolls. It's that time of year, baby. The best sweet and spicy combo to hit the Midwest since Scott Frost and Matt Davison. Here's what you do alley-oop that cinnamon roll from your left hand to your right hand, dunk it in the homemade chili, and there's nowhere that does it like Runza. So get there today, get your chili and cinnamon roll game right, and tell them your friend Nick Ba sent you. All right, it is game week, Nebraska, Ohio State coming up this Saturday, and I decided I wanted to get Bo Root on the pod, and we were we just wanted to have an enormous, massive, thorough big season preview. I wrote down 10 different topics I wanted to discuss with Bo, everybody from the everything from the quarterbacks to special teams to close games and closing them out to the defense, everything. We cover it all. Uh, so I think you're really going to enjoy this. It's a good way to get kind of set for Nebraska season getting kicked off. But before we get into that, I feel like it's been so long since Nebraska football has played a football game. It feels like it's been, I mean, a decade ago. And I feel like we need almost like a Netflix sort of recap. You know how on Netflix you get the uh, the recaps for what's happened so far in the show or in the season, and it helps refresh you? So I put together a little Netflix Nebraska recap for you. Here you go. Previously on Nebraska Football. Nebraska beat South Alabama 35-21. Not a great season opener. This game was actually close late, and South Alabama actually finished with more first downs and more total yards than Nebraska, but Nebraska's defense forced five turnovers, which was Hughes. Martinez didn't look right from the jump, but Nebraska won. Nebraska then traveled to Boulder, where a sea of red took over the field, but Nebraska came up short and lost to Colorado 34-31 in overtime. Nebraska was up 17-0 at half and totally dominating the Buffaloes. Came out sloppy, let Colorado back into the game. Huskers were up 31-24 with under six minutes left, but gave up a 10-play, 71-yard touchdown drive for Colorado to tie the game, and Nebraska was awful in overtime, and Isaac Armstrong 
48-yard field goal wasn't even close. Nebraska loses, really derailed excitement and confidence for the team and the season. Nebraska came back home and got right, crushing Northern Illinois 44-8. Nebraska looked solid in every area, but special teams. Nebraska had not one, not two, but three kicks blocked. Yikes, which was a sign that this season was going to be a roller coaster on special teams. But bottom line, Nebraska rocked Northern Illinois to bounce back. Nebraska then went on the road and rallied in the second half to win in a shootout at Illinois, 42-38. This was the best game of the season for Martinez, who had, wait for it, 446 yards of total offense by himself. And Wondell Robinson had a showing out. He was a beast sliding back and forth between running back and wide receiver. Nebraska actually trailed by 14 points late in the fourth quarter and really rallied to win the game on a one-yard touchdown run from Wondell Robinson with eight minutes left. The next week, ESPN College Game Day came to Lincoln for Nebraska and Ohio State. It was a beautiful scene throughout the day, but it quickly turned into a nightmare when the game started. Nebraska wasn't ready for the spot, got absolutely crushed by an uber-talented Ohio State team, 48-7. Nebraska's first four possessions were interception, punt, interception, interception. That's pretty much the ballgame. A disastrous start spelled doom for Nebraska as they got embarrassed on national TV with a huge audience. Nebraska rebounded to win a low-scoring grinder in Lincoln, beating Northwestern 13-10 on a last-second field goal by Lieutenant Lane McCallum, the kicker. Martinez got hurt and knocked out of this game on the final play of the third quarter, so Noah Vegel came in and led Nebraska to a win with the biggest play being a long pass down the Northwestern sideline to Wondell Robinson, for a gain of 32 yards to set up the eventual game-winning kick. Nebraska then had its biggest ass-kicking of the season, getting pummeled at Minnesota 34-7. It was a cold night in Minneapolis, and Nebraska looked about as tough as an infant trying to block and tackle the Gophers. Minnesota rushed for 322 yards and dominated the trenches. Martinez was out for this game. Vedral started, but it didn't matter because Nebraska didn't show up. After a bye week, Nebraska returned to Memorial Stadium for a heartbreaking loss to Indiana, 38-31. Vedral started in place of Martinez again, and a shootout broke out in Lincoln. Bottom line, Nebraska had zero answer for Peyton Ramsey, who threw the ball against the Blackshirts for 351 yards and two touchdowns. The Nebraska DBs allowed a Hoosier wide receiver, Wap Floor, to have 14 catches for 178 yards. Oh, my. Nebraska loses the game, and they're now 4-4 four and four on the season. Martinez returned as a starter as Nebraska traveled to Purdue in what was a super frustrating day for Nebraska. Nebraska had numerous opportunities to slam the door shut and go up three touchdowns in the first quarter, but poor red zone offense allowed Purdue to hang around. And with Drew Brees hanging out on the sideline, Purdue rallied back, and the Boilermakers, who were decimated with injuries at quarterback and their best player, Rondell Moore, out. They came roaring all the way back to score a touchdown with one minute left to win 31-27. to Frustration mounts for Husker fans this season. Nebraska then welcomed Wisconsin to town the following week. Nebraska actually struck first with a Dietrich Mills touchdown, but immediately gave it right back with an 89-yard kickoff return to Wisconsin. The Badgers then scored 20 points in the second quarter, grabbing a hold of the game and never looking back. The Black Shirts gave up 320 yards on the ground to Wisconsin as the Badgers beat Nebraska again. Nebraska now has to win their last two games to get to a bowl. Nebraska traveled east to Maryland, where the Huskers murdered the Terrapins 54-7. Nebraska was up 34 to nothing at halftime. The Black Shirts ended up forcing four turnovers for the game. The Huskers dominated this contest, which set up the regular season finale, Iowa, at home with a bowl trip 
on the line. Nebraska trailed 24 to 10 at half and came out and completely owned the Hawkeyes in the second half. The Blackshirts forced five punts and forced one fumble recovered by Cam Taylor Britt in the second half, smothering Iowa's offense. And with the game tied at 24, Nebraska had the ball driving across midfield, but some poor end of game clock management and a decision by Frost and Martinez led to Nebraska giving the ball back to Iowa with under two minutes left. Iowa drove the ball 44 yards in six plays and kicked a 48-yard field goal to win the game 27-24. to Hearts broken again by the Hawkeyes. And Nebraska's season ends in dramatic fashion with a final record of 5-7. and seven. Woo! Bo Root is here. He heard my previously on Nebraska. Does that – I feel like we all needed that. It feels like there's been a lot – it feels like Nebraska hasn't played in 20 years. Yeah, that was a good – that was a good recap of last year to kind of get the juices flowing for – uh, a season preview. I mean, it feels, doesn't it? It feels like that Iowa game was five years ago. Well, the, like I said, the pandemic has made life go so slow oh, God. in a lot of ways that, yeah, it seems it's like the last, since we've seen Nebraska football, usually you get your spring ball, you get your bowl games, your spring ball, you get your, your summer, you know, fall camp. Like you get to see more from right. like, we've really been, Deny, and we've had two months of waiting this this actual season before we get to see somebody play. So it's just been like dragging out, not letting us see Nebraska football. So you and I went to dinner on Saturday, and we were kind of talking about what we wanted to do for our pod this week. And I feel like just we need a broad preview of the team and the season in depth in a lot of different areas. So. I have like 10 topics, whether it's certain players or position groups or sides of the ball or whatever. I got 10 topics that I want to dissect with you, and that'll kind of set the table for this season to get cracking. And guess what we're going to start with? Hmm, what happened today? <laughs> we're recording this on a Monday at about 4 o'clock. You feel like you're still talking fast? Because I do kind of feel like, <laughs> I need to slow down. Let me have a drink of my LaCroix. What's, what's the uh, the thing? I can't. It's not Ace Ventura when they go, and I'm spent. What's that? Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that Austin what Powers? Is that? What, I don't remember that what. That is something where it's. And I'm spent. Like he does something fast. That's how I feel. I feel like right now things are moving really fast it must be what those kids on adderall feel like all that's the time. how it's what's that over there well i feel like we were joking before i feel like i'm ace ventura where <laughs> someone asked me where ray finkel's parents say what do you know about ray finkel <laughs> soccer style kicker graduate 75 <laughs> nickname like that's how i feel though right now but you came out my mind down. you came out firing but yeah it's like you are still firing okay it's probably hard to go from it's hard to go from three minutes of that to your normal cadence. Okay. I'm going to slow down with there my normal go. cadence. Here we go. Of course, we have to start with the quarterbacks because it was announced today Scott Frost named Martinez the starter. Yes. And where do you even begin? I uh, I was one of those guys that throughout the end of the season and then into the offseason, I didn't – whenever I heard about this quarterback battle, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit like, eh, this, that might be like uh, – I, I don't know how legitimate that is. But as this offseason's wore on and you read between the lines of what uh, coaches are saying and players are saying, this was a real competition. And even when you, you read the quotes today from Frost, 
this thing is, I, I think it's still really close. Frost today on the quarterback situation said, quote, I don't know how much separation there is. We feel like we have two first-string quarterbacks. He goes on to say if McCaffrey had played the past two years, he might be getting the first crack this year. Nick, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I didn't actually think there was a quarterback competition. Right. I thought that was sort of the, you know, this is to motivate Adrian. This is to show that we're, you know, embracing competition. But I didn't really think that until about a week into fall camp where the reports came out almost unanimous. Players, coaches, media. McCaffrey's playing really well. Right. And Martinez was always, it was always Martinez was, he's doing okay. Like he's doing what Martinez does, but it's, it's the way McCaffrey has stepped up is the big surprise. I don't think Martinez is playing badly. I think it's Martinez is just like at his level and, and Luke has matched that. Yeah. And what you just said about Frost, Frost is basically saying there is no difference right now. It's, it's, it's no right. difference. Like the, the veteran gets the win. That's what it is. I mean, it sounds That's like the only get. reason, I mean, he just said it. It sounds like the only reason Martinez is getting the nod is because he's been here for two years. And I would actually, I think that's the right move. I do too. In, in my opinion, the right move is you give it to the guy that's had 21 games. He's played Ohio State twice right, now. Right, That's a hard, oh man, that's a hard first game for us as a team. That's a hard, hard, hard first game as a Start, first time first starting time quarterback. Yeah, that's brutal. what a first game that is. That is brutal. And I, you know, some of this also is, you know, we, we joked last year, there's always, you know, there's that old saying, like the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy on the team. You know, I gave my analogy last, last year of the reason phone sex works is because you fill in that <laughs> unknown void with the best case scenario. You know, it might be big Bertha on the other line, you know, oh, yeah. smells like, you know, onion rings. <laughs> but in your mind, you're picturing Pamela Anderson because you're filling that unknown oh, void. Yeah. The reality is we have a small, 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 small sample size of McCaffrey. And I'm more speaking from the outside looking in. But people are filling in that unknown void with the best case scenario. Yeah. B before we get into kind of some of the nitty gritty with this with this competition and both, both guys, you were involved in on a team you were a captain on a team that had a little bit of a I don't want to say quarterback controversy but there was a little bit of between Sam Keller and Joe Gantz yeah what was that like because I think that's something that's interesting is even though Martinez was voted captain it does seem like McCaffrey is very well liked like there's there, his stature amongst the team is feels Joe Gansish. I mean I was friends with the guys Joe everybody was friends with Joe yeah. What what's what do you remember about that? And because did you feel like did everyone feel like it should have been Joe? Uh, here's what's hard about that is is Sam Keller had this moment in time at at ASU where he like he sort of had his best game ever was against USC. Yes, and he gets beat out at U at Arizona State transfers, and I think. The coaches, Bill Callahan, the coaches had in their mind, here's our next guy. He, and Sam looked the part. He did. He looked the part. He, he talked the part. And he had the good game against USC, and that was who we were playing. And USC year. was kind of the standard. They were the best team they in the country. They were the best team in the country. And so that was like a, like, it was almost like, well, we know he can do it if he needs to. 
but what happened was Joe Gans pretty much beat him out in the spring. Like Joe outplayed him in spring ball and they bait, you know, everything was set up for Sam Keller to win. To be the guy. And Sam was chosen as the guy. And Joe wasn't happy about it. Cause I think he saw what, what was going on. And you know, I, Joe was, was not, I mean, I, he was considering, I think, tra- I remember I we had was. to have a, a talk, some of the guys had to go in there, and be like, dude, just we need you. Do not do, just do not. Yeah, like just your time will come. You know, like just keep doing what you're doing. And it ended up working out for Joe. But did Sam only have one year? Sam only had one year. Okay, he only okay. had his I, senior year there, and you know, it took halfway through the year before he might even got hurt before I, Joe came in. And when Joe came in, the offense came alive and right. he started scoring points. But yeah, I mean. It, Here's the hard part is that was a that was a different situation. Sure, than this, I just though. yeah, but I, I I've seen that and it's it's hard I, it's hard when one guy doesn't feel like they're getting a fair a fair shake at it. Where this is a situation where I think this is fair. Like Martinez is a really good talent. He's but he is, and he is a veteran. But Luke had to elevate. Like Luke to me. I, if I watched him throw a ball last year as a freshman, I kind of went, mm, I don't know about that throwing yeah, it wasn't, motion. It wasn't, it wasn't great. I don't know that he's even close to ready. So whatever Luke McCaffrey has done this offseason, um, it sounds like he's done a lot. And yeah. I think that's part of what you said about why people like him. Uh, apparently, the kid's an animal. Like, he goes at it. He goes at it every day. And I think that's the part about him that I think is sort of – Makes it hard on the coaches, I think. It's going to make it really hard on the coaches. Cause I think McCaffrey has uh, – he's got the it factor with his – Yes. His, his, whatever that is with your personality that's the it factor, I think he's he's got that infectious not, thing. Not that Martinez doesn't work hard, but there was the quote last year or over the offseason where Frost said, I think Martinez was a little lax in his preparation. And when you're trying to establish a foundation – and a culture you want to reward the guys that are that are all about what you want the program to be about Monday through Friday yeah and I'm not saying Martinez isn't like that but I do feel like it's pretty clear that McCaffrey is like that McCaffrey might be a guy that's an extreme right you know he's a guy that is going to do everything probably to the extreme level where Adrian's Adrian you know he he's a really good kid He's, he he knows what to say. He know I think he's a really positive uh, a positive person on this team, um, but he might not be an extreme in certain things, right? Yeah. Um, the bottom line is Martinez was voted captain, so let's not speak. You know what I mean? Like no, no, no. You know, I, like, I I think the the dynamic here is so weird. So it's is, just is a- McCaffrey's emergence is real. That's what. Yeah. That's what I didn't believe two weeks ago. Right. Or three weeks ago, like two or weeks two ago. months ago, or three months. Yeah, two didn't months believe ago, three it months all. Ago, didn't buy and it. Now yeah. I believe McCaffrey is this like this this real threat to take that position. The thing that I get nervous about. There's a couple things I get nervous about. And not nervous is not the right word. But it, we were talking before. Like Martinez was voted captain and just named starter. And listen to how we're talking. And listen, you read the columns, you read the stories, you listen to sports talk radio, you, you you talk to your buddies. Even though this dude just got voted captain and the starter, 
in a weird way, it almost kind of feels like the deck is stacked against Martinez to maintain his spot because there's this feeling like, this is just the vibe I get, that people want it to be McCaffrey. Well, like I said, Luke's got this it factor, and this is this is going to actually put pressure on Martinez to perform. Yeah. Because it, the, here's the reality. When it is this close, and there's not – you can't have you both on the field at the same time. As much as they say play the Lucas receiver, like, no, like, he's not going to be good there. He's going to be good at quarterback. And so the only way to keep Luke off the field is Martinez is going to have to play really well. Yeah. And so I think that's a good position for the for the the coaches to be in is they actually have a guy to go to. Right. And that's real. I mean the ultimate yeah. motivator is I could lose my job and sit on the bench and not get back in there. You yeah. know, like that's the that's that motivation it, is And I guess for you know, I, I want to be clear, like what I want to happen is I want Martinez to be really good this year. Uh, I yeah. want it to be Martinez for multiple reasons because he he is a veteran. He has more experience. And I mean I think Martinez throws such a pretty ball that I, I just I've seen more out of him that I go okay if he were to to take it up a notch this year I think it's a really it's a really compelling team like to follow him so I just haven't seen enough out of Luke myself well, to say I want it to be Luke because I just haven't I've seen enough out of Adrian I go I want it to be him that's the hard part about all this and the thing that everyone needs to remind themselves that 2018 happened. Martinez, like, this isn't, we do, there are numerous Nebraska football players over the course of the last 10, 20 years that we anoint that haven't done a fucking thing. Yeah. Not a thing. Martinez is not one of those guys. Just 18, 14, 15, 16 months ago, this guy was in the top five, six Heisman candidates yeah. in the eyes of Vegas like then that's not a bunch of nonsense no that, that was all th real. that's that's Urban Meyer and Tom Osborne signing off on a guy so Th that that's the part that's so that's that we've been kind of befuddled with Martinez is those people signed off on him after his freshman year and then it just never it never got to that next step and so We've all been waiting for that next step. This is the time for it, right? This oh yeah, is it's it's put up or shut up time. Like, yeah. who are you? Who like who are you, Adrian Martinez? Are you are you the guy that we all thought you could be after 2018, or are you more like the guy that we saw for the vast majority of last season? But I guess my my point, like, I don't like how like people speak about this guy like like he's just like last year is the only year he has on yeah. the record. That's not you know like. 2018 happened. Yeah, and there and are some there's there's circumstances last that's year. That's what I wanted to get into like that, some was on him, some was on him because at the end sure. of the day there was a lot of the stuff that he did that he didn't play well. But and we've been over this, but again, we're kind of we're revisiting a lot of things. It was a perfect storm. First of all, the hype was sky high and that's a lot to deal with when you're 18, 19 years old and some of it maybe went to his head a little bit in a good and a bad way. Uh, but when you go over it, he has a new center in Cam Jurgens who has never played that position in his life, and the snaps are going over his head, and he's having to jump to catch every snap. Okay, he loses Stanley Morgan, so he has no deep threat to extend the football the, to extend the football field. The running back situation was really, really shaky. Maurice Washington oh, yeah. had his personal issues. He ends up leaving. Dedrick Mills didn't really come on till late. So what did they have to do? They had to slide Wandale Robinson in at running back. Well, that takes away your best wide receiver. Yeah. And 
Oh, by the way, he also gets hurt. He hurts his shoulder. He hurts his knee. All those things are working against him. Yeah. That, that's Those, to me, are just realities. Now, I feel like I can say that and then also say at the same time, he didn't play well. Like no, and and I think they you know they were hesitant on running him that most of that first part of the season. Like I think uh, they if the game got tight in the second half, they started to run him, but they were really really being careful because of what happened in twenty eighteen, yeah. where Jebia transfers. We don't have a backup quarterback really, and we lose a couple games because Adrian's hurt. Like right. so, so there's been a lot that went wrong, and. That'll get it, you into your head as a play caller, yeah. I'm sure. And so this is this is why I'm actually very excited for this year. Is like if we got two quarterbacks, the quarterback run game should be more um, prominent. Yes. And even like being able to bring in McCaffrey solely to do a little bit more of that is a real option now. So you don't have to run Martinez twenty times. You can run him ten times, but then maybe you give Luke a series or two where there's a quarter, couple quarterback run options in there. Where I, I totally agree. That's the good thing where we're at. It's like where we didn't have that for basically two years. It's funny. you. I mean, you and I are like the same brain. Like that's the first thing I – or the next thing I wrote down. Like that's it, the one thing I am excited about is like you got to run him and you got to make the quarterback run game a bigger part of this offense. There can't be this reluctancy – on Frost's part to call running plays, but I also think there can't be this reluctancy on Martinez's part to run. To run. To run the ball. And, like, that's the thing that was so weird. And, and again, I don't know if it was his he, – he was hurt with his shoulder and his knee or whatever, but I thought Martinez ran tough as a freshman. Like, he, he would yeah. stick his nose in there a little bit. He'd get some tough yards. There was this this hesitancy on his part to want to take off and run, and you know what's that saying? You never go broke taking a taking a profit. Like it's not the worst yeah. thing in the world to just tuck tuck it and go get five yards. I mean, you know, as a linebacker, that's demoralizing when you kind of defend everything right and then Chase Daniels scoots yeah. for six yards. You're like shit. Yeah, keeping drives alive, you know, controlling the ball, and for them, it's you know, this whole offense is based on getting that machine rolling fast where you, the, the right. defense the doesn't have time the, yeah. to, to one, take a break to get set, call the plays they want. That's all part of this. We really haven't done it the way we've wanted to do it for two years. And, and so I do think you're going to see more quarterback run game with, with Luke McCaffrey, just to kind of talk a little bit more him and, on him. And then we'll kind of move on here. Like what we're talking, there is, there is an intangible energy around him. Like some, when he comes into the game, something happens. Like the the stadium reacts. It feels like the team reacts, and that's a that's a real thing. Yeah. And the thing that that I do think now proximity to greatness doesn't always equal greatness, but it doesn't hurt. Like I'm not just blowing smoke. Like I grew up around you. Like I like y- your family. Like the rude pedigree helped you and your brother become. You guys were good football players. You know how to play. You were good. You were you were good offensive players. You then go into into college and you're you know all conference uh, linebackers. I do think that Matt. I mean, his his family pedigree from his dad to his brothers. Like his, he's his, a player. His mom. His mom's intense. She was a yeah. college player and she's she's intense. And that whole family like. 
there's no doubt in my mind that family's just attitude towards every like like Luke I think said in the paper he goes I worked out with my brother he goes I'm convinced my brother's the hardest working person in America for like as an athlete right, right. and like that's a statement right right like, that's a real like so he's around that he's probably trying to mimic that and I'm I'm just telling you I think he goes back to Nebraska where people work hard and they're going, this guy's working harder than everybody else. Yeah, I mean, and that that is the stuff that, as a teammate, you can't help but go rally for the guy that you see does all the work. You know what I mean? Like you feel good for those totally. guys. Totally. So I and think so, that matters, man. Yeah. And he's just a player. Like he 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 he's knows how scared. to play. He's he doesn't not, seem scared of the no. moment. No. You know, as a freshman to come in and just like he go he, for it. Yes, I think there's there's also that intangible the tangible quality of like some guys get in there and they look like they're, they're, they're scared to death and their mind's going a million miles per hour. He doesn't, he didn't have that vibe to him. No. And you throw he, he's willing to all, oh, hey, I'll play receiver this game. I'll yeah, do it. You know, he's right. the guy who goes, Oh, I'll do that. I can right. do that. He wants to do it. He thinks he can. Like those are the guys coaches kind of like sometimes roll their eyes at. Oh, Luke, you know, I was, I was probably guilty of being a guy like this. Oh, Luke thinks he can be receiver today, or Luke wants to do that. Right. Like, I remember I used to think I could, you know, kick or right. I'll throw it, or, I, you know, right, right. I, 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 I can understand that feeling. I always, yeah, like, but you feel like you can do it and yeah. you want to try. And some, some players, the well, opposite. Some of it also is supreme confidence in yourself. Like, you, yes. Luke just believes in himself to the point where, like, no, 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 I'll kick it. You know, yeah, I'll, no, 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 I'll go. I'll, I'll go be the slot right receiver on this play. Trust like, me, you want more of those kind of guys than the guys that don't think they can do things. So we'll see what ends up happening. I do. I always the cautionary tale. I always think about, and this is not. I'm not saying this is a complete perfect comparison, but I really believe the the lingering quarterback stuff hurt Ohio State in 2014 with JT Barrett and Cardell Jones, and they never settled in on yeah. the guy, and that was kind of hung over the team. And there was always it just was always a storyline. Well, this week, what is it? How did this practice go? Was it Luke? Did Luke, Luke was better today? Luke, guys, did you hear Luke was better today? Well, no, did you hear last week? No, but yesterday, M Martinez was better. Who's going to start this week? And that stuff, it's a good problem to have, but nevertheless, it could, if, if not managed right, it could become a problem. Yeah, I mean... So I just... I, this will be interesting to see how Frost handles this. Frost, here's here's going to be the kicker: is if Martinez plays really well, it solves everything. Yes. If Martinez struggles and he struggles early in the season, whether it's the first game, the second game, or the third game, Frost is going to have a really tough decision on how quickly he wants to go to the bullpen. Because if you go to the bullpen and you go with Luke, it makes it way harder than to go back to Martinez. Yeah, so certain – you never know till somebody goes through it. Certain guys can go – like Tom Brady in college was like he got to play sometimes, he didn't get to play, and Brady's mindset would – didn't – like it, it motivated him more because Drew Henson was the big star yeah. and – but Brady would come in and like lead comebacks, and they'd go back to Henson. But some guys also, if you bench them, they're done for their. They're done. They are. Can you? I want you to expand on that because you know I played quarterback, but like high school dynamic is way different than I think college yeah. and the pros. Because you get some people go, well, why is why do we treat quarterback that like that position way different than we treat a linebacker or a defensive end or a running back? Like if a running back's not getting it done, we spell the backup, and it's no big deal. 
And I disagree with that because it is like the quarterback position is just delicate. Can you expand on that? Like, what, it's an what is it? You're an extension of the coach. I mean, you're 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 you got so you're controlling the game. I mean, you're making the calls. You're you're handing the ball off. You're throwing the. You're like you're in control of the ball all the time. Like you are in control of the game essentially, right? And there's only one of you. You can't be like, well, you know, this guy is really good, and he, but so let's move him to the other linebacker right. or let's play him some like you can play two good receivers at once. You, you can you play. Know, like, yeah. Quarterback is it's just, it's such an impact the in the game. Nature it's everything. Of the position just lends itself to being different. So it'll it is. be, it'll be interesting, Bill, because I don't think there's any question. You look at, I think, I think if Martinez is motivated, which he should be, and, and he returns to form, like there's a chance homeboy doesn't, doesn't lose his job. But what's hard is the way the schedule sets up, it sets up for Nebraska to not get off to a great start from a win-loss standpoint. And the and let's be honest, the nature of the position of the quarterback is sometimes you get too much credit when you win and sometimes you get too much of the blame when you lose. But if Nebraska loses against Ohio State and let's say they lose to Wisconsin, which, I mean, Nebraska will be underdogs in both those games. They're obviously yeah. a you know three, four touchdown underdog against Ohio State. You're 0-2? Now, I mean, unless Martinez was lighting the world on fire and everybody goes, well, no, you can't make a change there. Like, it, it sets up for the temptation to make a change to True. be prevalent. But let me, let me, let's go back because we've been doing our Husker Classics and yes. we were watching that 94 Orange Bowl. And what were the reasons that Tommy and Brooke both came out? Like, what, the, the things that happen that make quarterbacks get yanked are not, winning and losing the game. I really don't think that at all. I think it's when you make the quarterback sins. Like when you throw a bad pick off a bad decision, right? when you don't take care of the ball, when you don't you manage don't man the clock, when you don't yeah. manage the clock, like those three things are essentially like, those will get you out of the game. Right. But like, you know, it's like, I don't think that like if things don't go as well in the win loss column is as much of a deal as like, like how tough you're playing not making those quarterback quote unquote sins or what's going to get you out. Yeah, I, I agree. If you don't be, protect the I, ball, don't make bad decisions. I agree. Decisions. I, but it, it'll be, it's going to be interesting. This is going to be so. The leash, if there's a leash, Ooh. it is short. That's how it feels to me. That's how it feels to me. Frost too. comments felt like it's a, it's a coin flip right well, now. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, like, so think about how last year's Ohio State game started. Interception, punt, interception, interception. If that happens on Saturday, Luke's coming in the next drive. Yeah. He is. Yeah. I mean, he just he just is. Anything before we move on? No, that's good. I, I mean, are we, we good? Did. Yep. Going to be interesting to see. Oh, oh man. Okay, I, the next topic, I want to talk about Dedrick Mills and kind of the running backs because, like, we Nebraska needs a guy there. Like, you need a real player there. And the the, the thing about Mills was he, he came on at the end of the year. Like, I – like. Against Wisconsin, here's his stat line. 17 carries, 188 yards, one touchdown. Like that was his, that was the game of his of his uh of the season for him. And I, I liked by the end of the season I, I thought he was solid. I don't think he's a like I'll just be honest, like when I watch Mills, I think he's a good player. Do I think he's a Amir Abdullah no. uh game changer? I don't see that. Nope. He to me though, he should be much, much better this year just because 
he was so uncomfortable with the scheme and he came in late. Remember, he's a Juco guy that came in late and he just had a hard time getting comfortable. Yes. But to me, when he was comfortable, he was good enough. I'm like, okay, this guy's a solid, a solid uh, starting eye back for us. Well, and because you were running back in high school, so you know what this is like. Something that Danny pointed out, Danny Woodhead pointed out last year on my pod that was a good point was you got to remember the, the, not only his JUCO system, but he came from Georgia Tech. That that system of running is different than a spread zone blocking scheme where you're oh. like you're hit. You was a day was a downhill. downhill hit it hard. It's why he looked pretty good for the one series where Nebraska got under center and went option yeah. against Ohio State. They put Mills kind of at that upback spot, and he's pretty good if you just can just pop the hole. So I think it it took him seven eight games to figure out how to how to run in this blocking scheme and in this offense yeah no I think that's that's very fair but um uh, I think there's more in the tank that we didn't even get to see last Agreed. year I, I don't think it's it's going to be like this guy's going to be a Heisman trophy winner. like I don't I think don't that, that I mean, but I I see him being a little bit better than his sort of like peak last year he yeah. should be because he should have a whole nother tough. he yeah. should have a whole nother year in that weight program um and just where and he's gotten a whole off season of like getting carries with the ones it should be much better actually. totally all right let's take a quick break to tell you guys about runza my friends at runza restaurants are offering a special coupon code for my listeners on all runza sandwich and cinnamon roll online orders at runza.com. You heard that right. Runza sandwich orders. They will actually ship a dozen frozen Runza sandwiches right to your door. Whether these are for you or a friend out of Runza territory, this is a game winning deal. Go to runza.com slash ship and enter code Nick at checkout for 15% off Runza sandwich and cinnamon roll online orders. Again, that's code Nick, N-I-C-K, for 15% off Runza sandwich and cinnamon roll orders on Runza.com. This deal is good for online orders at Runza.com only. This is a great deal, guys. That's 15% off Runza and cinnamon roll orders on Runza.com. Code Nick, that's code N-I-C-K, only at Runza.com. And while we're here... Let's talk about Pella windows and doors. You know, even though we're still in the midst of pandemic, Pella can safely make your window and door remodeling dreams come true. Pella is following CDC guidelines and taking safety extremely serious to give you the peace of mind that when you're inside the Pella showroom or Pella is working on your home, everyone is safe. And they are even offering temporary special financing options safety check potential savings check so now is the time sure you've been cooped up in your house realize oh my god my windows need some updating i need a new door well make it happen add value to your home make your home more energy efficient turn your window and door modeling dreams into a reality with pella check them out online pellaomaha.com that's pellaomaha.com back to the podcast so we'll see what ends up happening with him. And then, you know, some somebody behind him needs to step up. I mean, you look at you hear a lot about this Ronald Tompkins that he's kind of coming on. You, you yeah, got to remember he was one of he was actually a, a pretty big recruit. I think USC and Bama and those guys were on him, but he's had a bunch of injuries and yeah. ACL tears. Uh, but, you know, he's a guy I'd keep an eye on. So actually, I would go with the 
that kind of guy is more intriguing to me than like the really just average guy that's healthy because yeah. that guy is like when I think of like um, like Frank Gore or Willis McGahee, guys that have had like bad injuries but are really talented. Like I'm hoping this guy is like a re because he was on that real yes. talent level and has two knee injuries and then the big guys Back you know, off. go off and we'll take him and take a flyer. And the fact that he's already kind of the name keeps coming out like there's instincts and natural ability that like you just have. And in ACL, you might lose a step, but those natural instincts, those don't go away. Like you at least know like it's how it. to see how to cut, how to totally. go. like you can't teach that to some guys. And so if he has those things, I would love to see him. So do I. He's a guy. It, it, yeah, outside of your obvious stars, the guy that I'm pretty excited to watch this year, I, he'd be high on my list of guys I want to watch play. You yeah. know, uh, then you have a guy like Ramir Johnson played a little bit against Maryland last year. Good uh, speed, good speed. Um, again, another guy that another year in the weight program should should improve. Yeah. Um, I think the running back room is is fine. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think you got a star in there. No. Um, but you know what? I think I think between all those guys, you're gonna have uh, you you could have enough production if everything else is is operating at its optimum. He, level. Here's the truth: though. last year's running back situation was it was dire. I mean, it yes. was truly dire. Like I mean, Wyatt Mazur came in and, and and helped out, but like Wyatt Mazur should not be taking half of the carries yeah. on a season, which he took a lot of those carries. I mean, that's that's where our talent level was. I mean, it was just like glaring. It was glaring. This is Nebraska, right? This is like running back you, right? This is that's the part that was tough. So this year should be better. It's not where we need it yet, but should definitely be a big improvement from last year. Okay. Next topic is the best player on the team, Wandale Robinson. Wide and, re- are we going wide receivers or we're we just talking? I'm Wandale? just. I want to talk Wandale for a second, then we'll get into the wide receivers. Okay. Because he's the best player on the team. Like, I think everybody needs to say that out loud. Like, he is the best player on the team. Yeah. And I guess real quick, are you totally opposed to if that running back situation gets, like, if you're just not, if you're not getting anything out, like, how opposed are you to sliding him back there a few times? Um, I'm not opposed to getting him the ball a lot. I got, yeah. Okay. I, I just, though. Just about he, touches for him. He's a small guy, and. He kind of runs tough, but that just to me makes me feel like you won't. We we got to have him for the whole year. Yeah, that's the first thing I wrote down. Is he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, he, he he's got to stay healthy. And the second thing I wrote down was touches. Like what what's a and some of the stuff stupid that you predetermine. Like you got to get him fourteen corner threes in two games. You know you don't have to you know, <laughs> I mean, but touches. You got to get Danny Green a corner three. But what touches? Like how many touches does he need to get? I mean, Touches you, and targets, kind you of. Get like, him the ball ten times a game. That's good. I mean, that's a rough number. I, I I'd have to see what like typically uh, typical numbers are. I don't for know. Everybody. I have no feel on that. But to me, it's like he's the type of guy that gets better with more touches. So yeah, I mean, you give him you know three to five carries that, plus you know seven times you just give him the ball on passes or screens or whatever. That was like, the thing that the only thing I liked about him at running back was it just got him the ball. Yeah, like you know. It, it, you get him the ball. So I, I think whether it's obviously you're trying to do the, get him in the quick passing game, but I think there's going to be a lot of j- uh, jet sweeps incorporating him into some options and different stuff. Like, he's a big-time player. Like, 
this is a first team all Big Ten caliber caliber player. Yeah. And if Nebraska is going to have a good year, you know who probably needs to be first team all conference? Wandale Robinson. Yeah, it's basically we need we need Mills to be good enough that Wandale doesn't have to play there, and then one of these other receivers has to be able to be good enough there we that go. Wandale isn't so focused on right because you want touches but if you're the other team then you go if nobody else is good enough you can truly like load up load up on him and focus on him and then it becomes you know then it's one guy that then then we're struggling to get him the ball and forcing it to him when it's covered you know like that's what we also don't want and so let's get into that next topic wide receivers uh i mean keep in mind jd spielman is in fort worth texas playing for tcu right now um I am. It is bizarre to try and get a feel for what exactly is happening with Omar Manning right now. That's just in. Uh, <laughs> APB breakout. Where is Omar Manning? <laughs> Where in the world is Omar Manning? Manning? <laughs> I mean, but what's crazy is it sounds like he's practicing. Like, I, I don't know what's happening with him right now. I, I, I know nothing. But I did see, I think Sean Callahan reported he was, and but even Sean Callahan's like, apparently he was at practice this week. So if he's there, that's a great, like, I just didn't know if he's even there. I, the, my biggest fear was he wasn't even there. The fact that he's there is good. And so maybe some, some guys, this has been hard on everybody, right? Yeah. Like this pandemic and wait, like some guys are just bad practice players they need the game what what i'm hoping i have no freaking clue what's going on with him what i'm hoping happens though is like all of a sudden he sees a game and goes like oh like the something clicks in his head like oh man i got i got like get the juices get going and like okay now well, yeah, you know what I mean? I think like, he said, he, you know, there's some injuries and there's maybe some personal stuff that, that came up. And that's where you want to give people the respect to be like, look, you know, take, you know, the, you're doing what you're doing. Um, but there's still there's still a season to be played. And this was a guy that, man, I, I feel like he was we marked this receiver. We're talking receivers. Yes. We marked this receiver group as immediately improved because of his commitment. Yes. And I, I think. He also had in his, you know, when they were doing some of their practices to start this fallout, like people were like, this Whoa, guy's right. real. So those were the initial thoughts. And so it, it felt like it was all going to place. And then now, you know, there's talk like, I hope he's hope he's at the game and hope he's. But this is a big deal. I mean, we just did our 10 most important Huskers. He was third, I think. Yeah. He was third on my list. Like, yeah. this is a huge you know, there are certain guys like it's a true like, and this is I'm assuming he's maybe I I, I did the cardinal sin of assuming he was going to be a good player, and but him his status and what you're going to get out of him being shaky makes me less confident in Nebraska as a whole because. Well, so you said he's your it was number three. Yes. Who are two and one? Martinez and Wandale. And who's directly affected by him more than anybody? Martinez. Yeah, I mean Martinez and Wandale are both. Yeah, the the two most important players are being impacted by what you had as the third. That guy makes them better. Yes. As soon as we have that guy doing what I think he's capable of, those two are better. But now it's like uh, you kind of are going back to like, 
we better assume we don't have him. What are we with it? So, like, when we're talking receivers, are we even? I, I, I mean, have no idea. We uh, should talk I, almost as if, like, let's not even plan well, on. Well, I'll being say, there. I mean, based on how the coaches have spoken about him, I don't anticipate that guy. Like, when we check the box score at the end of the game on Saturday, I don't anticipate seeing Manning one catch nine. I don't anticipate seeing his name. But no. I have no clue. No, because he's the type of guy. If he's out there, he's starting for you. So like I almost think he's like he must not be ready like it, but, it, it must he must not be there where he can be on the field. But so. this this is this is I mean because now you have no deep threat and let's be honest outside of Wandell Robinson you have no proven pass catchers on this team. Cade Warner's the only guy that you can say you can count on to run the routes, do the right. job. You can count. He on did that Cade. last year. You can count on Cade, and I don't mean this by any disrespect, but Cade's not going to go on the road at Ohio State or and like and make. I don't anticipate seeing Cade Warner making a big play. No, Cade's going like, to do the job of running the route, getting open, making blocking, the catch, blocking. Yes, but there's 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 a ceiling there's a, to his talent. There's a skill level you need to go over the top, or to go up and get it over somebody, or to just be like impossible to cover. You know, like that's another next level that I don't think that's his game. His game is do your job. In you know the as the fourth wide receiver, not be the number two guy. Right. So this is scared because for this offense to work, you need a bunch of different receivers able to to ball out. So now you got a combination of. I mean, I wrote down Alante Brown, Marcus Fleming, uh, Xavier Betts, uh, Cade Warner. There's the Levi Fallick kid that I've heard a little bit about as a transfer from South Dakota. That guy might actually. I, I, I'm. I've heard some good if, things about him. Yeah, that that guy's a veteran that I think will has played in a lot of he's played a lot of football. Yes. Caught a lot of balls. Like those so, are the type of guys that are probably going to end up playing. This Alante Brown, he is a talent. He's got speed. He's he's the next guy that you're like everybody's talking about. He's a, a real threat. So we need him to play. The the problem with Alante Brown, and this is not a a knock on him. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. It's him and Wandale are the same size. They're not big guys. Right. We don't have a big guy that's really like go downtown. You do. What do we? We don't need two baby gap shoppers. Yeah. <laughs> we know where Wandale shops. <laughs> what we don't need is Alante Brown and Wandale Robinson walking out of when, the baby. When gap. they're when they're. <laughs> 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 is there a sale? <laughs> when they're on the basketball court, there's a there's a sinner going, mouse in the house, mouse in the house. That's code. That's code in the basketball floor. Oh, or I'm gonna post this short guy. Mismatch. Up. Let's post this dude up. Right they're now. good. They're I, they're clearly our two best players at receiver. Right, but it, but it's you already have you know it's you already have a guy like that. It's really they're playing that duck R position. Yeah, and. It, like Alante is going to have to play the the X or the Y or whatever. Like they're going to both have to just do more than they probably should. They they should both be like a slot guy. But basically, the the guys that we you know this the, the young Xavier Betts like he's going to be. I have a feeling he's going to be like freshmanitis. Like just it's a lot. There's a lot yes. to take in. A lot of information. Right. You're just terrified. Just I'm going to line up right. Yeah, that guy's a down the future guy. <laughs> The, the kid from Miami's really fast. I think he'll be in the same boat. Like, it's just, there's a lot of routes. There's a lot of intricacies that these guys that don't and have a year under their belts, it gets who, tough. Who is the guy that is going to run a nine route? 
And those just, are our two guys that aren't ready yet. Other than that, it's so got to be scary. Omar. Like this scares and me. That's the part that's tough. Is like I don't know who it is. So the big that. X factor though is the tight ends because I get the sense when you listen to the coaches that they feel like they feel pretty good about their tight end spot. I had your brother Barrett on the pod a week ago, and I asked him to name a couple of the most improved players, and one of the guys he named was Austin Allen. That's the guy that's surprising right now. And Austin Allen's come on, and then Travis Vokalek is a Rutgers transfer. He's 6'6", 250. In his sophomore year at Rutgers, he had 16 catches, 184 yards, and two touchdowns, and you hear good things about him from various people uh, around the program. So yeah. I, I do think there's a chance... That to supplement now, I don't think you're going to necessarily send Austin Allen on a nine route, but the bottom line, it's another threat within the offense that has been kind of lacking. Maybe, maybe the tight ends become more of a, and you got a guy like Chris Hickman too, who came on the field a little bit yeah, last I think, year. I think and, when you talk about, you know, okay, we talked Omar Manning supposed to be the guy to make Wandale and Adrian better. Well, like, okay, if he's not out there, then who else can help? Like, the yes. tight ends can make Adrian Martinez a better player. No Like, question. being able to throw to those guys. I mean, Jack Stoll, it almost feels like has gone from a two-year starter first string to now he's almost the third guy? It, I, that's what I was just going to – actually, it's funny. I just Googled it. I was like, is Jack Stoll still on the team? Yeah, he's still – I mean, You've heard you don't nothing hear anything about him. Because you, I think Volkolek was – a, it, yeah. Very impressive in his like scout team year, and then this uh, at, this Austin Allen guy, he's six foot eight. I mean, that's the stuff that like where Stoll's like a six three guy, yeah, tough six four two sixty. Yeah, so Stoll's and Stoll's a good guy to come in and block and do his thing. But sure, and he made some good plays. But I think those three are probably what's going to happen is if we don't got receivers, there's going to be more double tight sets. It's going to be more you know, use them at an H back and that's probably what they're going to have to do. But that's, that's not necessarily, I don't think what they really would love to do. Hey, real quick, before we, we move on, what is, if there's one thing about, I feel like I have a decent grasp for football. If there's one thing I don't really grasp is personnel groupings and how that impacts the defense. When you put two tight ends on the field, what it, and, and yet you can still throw you, you, you know, yeah. you're, you're pretty vert. Like what is, why is that hard? Cause you got to put another bat. Like what, what's hard about being able to put two tight ends on the field, but still kind of spread it out and be dynamic in that. Like, you have to have really talented tight ends. So is that not, am I, am I, no. So like you got a, Hernandez so if, Gronk part two here. Yeah. So if you got Hernandez and Gronk, like you, you actually have to consider like, do we have somebody in there that can cover them if they go spread? Okay. Like these guys aren't going to be somebody that a linebacker is like, I can't cover these guys. <laughs> is this Sub the most me meek? Out. You just Sub that was me the out. most meek, unconfident <laughs> linebacker. <laughs> Sub me out, coach. I can't cover these guys. Why is he like Travolta? <laughs> I can't cover this hey, guy. Coach. Hey, hey, coach. I can't cover these guys. Hey, I'm drowning over here. I got Vokalek over here. What hey, Coach, I see his off now. He's like 6'8". I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death, Coach. Come on. <laughs> you, the voice you just made was the worst football know. player. I don't know where that voice came from. <laughs> don't know where it came from. Okay, well, I think we answered the personnel question with Travolta being – if Travolta's the linebacker, then you got an opportunity. Yeah, if Travolta's playing linebacker, hey. he's coming out as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Every personnel group, pretty much Travolta's not feeling too good about it. Hey, Coach, oh, I don't hey, think I so. I don't know about all this. Come on. Hey, watch the hair, huh? Come on, don't man. He hit my hair. <laughs> 
I worked the, my hair. I spent time and he hit it. Can I play with the helmet messes up the hair? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's your fault. That is 100% your fault. All right. Moving on. I wrote down what's the next step defensively for Nebraska because there are two things I wrote down. I mean, turnover margin got a little bit better. It still was pretty much middle of the pack last year. Um, but I wrote down pass rush and third down defense. I mean, I, I obviously stopping the run. Sip's been on this for a year now that the I think a Big Ten play, they gave up 5.7 yards per carry. Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to get it done. I mean, that's that's a horrible figure, but – Pass rush, Nebraska was 20, uh, 66th in the nation last year with 27 sacks. That's got to get better. Uh, then third down defense, they were 75th in the country, giving up 40% on third downs. What, as a black shirt, I mean, like, what? what's the next step? Uh, pass rush. I mean, we, 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 our pass rush has been historically bad. Right. I mean, it's not just the numbers. To me, it's like when you look at it, like, we don't have an edge guy. Yeah, you know you the, don't need to look at. I don't even need to look at those stat numbers to go. Yeah, they're, they're never making these quarterbacks uncomfortable. We we net we just didn't. We don't have an edge guy. Uh, the Davis twins are were good pass rushers from an interior position to a degree, but yep. they were asked to play a lot of snaps out of position. I think that took away from their uh, like legitimate like third down pass rush too. But we just really don't. And I think so. That's that makes. Third down defense harder, and I also think that if there's a third area, it's you know you say pass rush, you know third downs. I also think like like closing out games, like late game defense, sort of like, and that's where I think it's it begins and ends with the defensive line and pass rush. Right. Like I think I don't know. That's what I always saw as the main. Like I feel like our defensive backs did pretty good last year. Linebackers did. Pretty good. They'll I'm be- moderately confident in Nebraska's secondary between Williams and Cam Taylor Britt and DiCaprio yeah. Boodle. Like I think those guys are going to be fine. I don't think they're Prince and Dennard and Gomes and Hag, but I think they're fine. I think they're fine too. They- the big the big question is who steps up, whether it's Ty Robinson or whoever uh, in, in on that D line, and then. I like that Colin Miller was voted captain. I think that's a yeah. good thing. Uh, the fact that Honus and him have been in the linebacking room with Barrett for a couple of years is a good thing. Uh, you, you know, you need JoJo Doman taking another step. You know, you you need Caleb Tanner. You need some of that those linebackers. To- so the, one of the interesting things, though, is this this Nick Henrich, who is yeah, slated to be one of the backup inside guys and really get some time there. He's working a lot with the outside linebackers, and, and there I, I think you'll see he'll end up playing this year. I think he's a guy that will emerge to be like he's. He, we're better with him on the field somewhere, right? Get than, your best eleven on the field yeah. and kind of because his his body always looked more like an outside backer to me than an inside backer. He, he's like a tall inside linebacker. Um, I, I bet he's like closer to why like he's like a six three but he's not like a true pass he looks like he's build. like your build to me. he kind of is but that's where you're kind of a tweener when you are on the outside like you can get it done in college right but you're not a pro out like yeah. you, to be a pro pass rusher you got to have long you gotta yeah. be bigger and you gotta have long travolta's probably yeah. not travolta's yeah. like i think i better come out not pass rushing <laughs> But no, it's already like Henrich. Henrich, I think is is a guy that's. I agree. Like you, you hear, you're I hearing think more you'll about see him, him and, on the field. I mean, JoJo's got his spot. He's sort of the you know 
the uh, the the hybrid nickel spot, and he does that good. I think I like he'll Jojo. be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that Caleb Tanner's the other guy, mm-hmm. but I I think that Henrich is the the one that is better than both of them. I think potential wise, and we're gonna see Henrich emerge somewhere on the field. Yes, I just think. You know, watching these old games with these Husker Classic recaps, one of the common denominators to me behind whether we're talking about 78, 83, 94, 97, 2009, the common thread between them all is they all had a really good defensive line. God, yeah, that, like, we can t- I get that it's more fun, and we led the pod talking about McCaffrey and Martinez. And listen, the quarterback matters, but in college especially, you can, you can win with an average quarterback with an elite line Obviously, in the pros, you have to have yeah. kind of the QB, but like we can talk till we're blue in the face about a deep threat, Nomar Manning, all that stuff. Like, but the D line and the O line, and I feel pr- I should have maybe taught, wrote down the O line. I feel like the O lines, I feel I feel solid. pretty confident in those too. guys. I, and I think solid. Greg Austin's pretty confident in those guys. Yeah. But the D line, man, I don't know. That's a lot of Darian Daniels, the Davis twins. It's a big void there. You know, with that that Robinson kid looks good. Just yeah. just like when you just look at a guy, you go, and he moves well. Um, still, he should be solid. He's played a lot of He's football. Played, uh, you know what you're getting. It's not going to be great, but it's not going to be bad. It's yeah, like, it's right what you need. Robinson's highest ceiling out of anybody. And then to me, it's like it's a bunch of question marks. There's like four guys that you you could put up as the other like nose in position that I just go, I have no feel of they're good. And one of those guys has to be good. Yeah. Very good. And then one other guy has to be good enough to come be like the rotator. And then from there, it's like Caleb Tanner or somebody has got to be able to brush the passer. Like somebody has got to, I mean, cause Henrich, I think will be good to be out there, but I don't know that he can rush the passer. Right. It's hard. Know. I'm just telling you, it's hard to come in as a young guy and be like, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go get d- 10 yeah, I'm sacks. I'm going to go heat up Justin Fields. And, yeah. You know, like it's it's just, it's hard. So, yeah, it, I mean, there's, the defense got a lot to prove. I mean, and they got a lot of holes yeah. to fill, obviously. Uh, but the D-line, I think you were right. The D-line is going to make or that. break that. That's what I think. Because ultimately, if they're, if they're solid, that's going to make everybody else look better. Yeah. Uh, okay, next topic, close games. Nebraska in the first two years under Scott Frost are three and nine in games decided by seven points or less. In a lot of ways, that's when when you kind of think about how did we arrive at this point where Nebraska's has back to back losing seasons and haven't had the kind of success everyone anticipated. It's right there. They're yeah. three and nine in games decided by seven points or less. If they're, I'm not even saying if you flip it to nine and three. Let's just say they're five and four. Yeah, like. That that's a different. That's totally different, and there's gonna be close games again this year, and so it'll be. I'm not sure. What do you like? What do you think about Nebraska's inability to win close games? What jumps out at you first? Both sides of the ball were were guilty at times, yeah. right? So, I think clock management. A few times we saw we're like, what are we doing, right? Yeah. You know, um, and then defensively. You know, the inability to just keep the ball in front of you when you got a lead. Like, we, we you know, the, the first Colorado, uh, no, I mean, the second Colorado year, um, the Northwestern first year. Um, we, Even Iowa at home, Iowa they had the long home. pass in front of the Nebraska sideline. That, yeah, like, 
we we don't we don't right now have a good feel of how to like close that game out and you know part of that's pass rush part of that's just sort of like you know executing in the, in the secondary during these times but we've we found a way when it comes to managing the clock or defensively not keeping everything in front of you and making them really earn it those two things like we got to get better at yeah i think and i don't i don't know if this is true necessarily for the defense but i know as a quarterback that there are certain there are certain moments in a game where you have to figure out what can't happen yeah like that almost has to be the first thing that you go okay this can't happen I can't get beat deep. I can't whatever. Like can't take a sack. Can't take here. a sack here. I yeah. can't. If we're in whatever. field goal range, we right. can't take a sack here. Uh, you can't go, do a grounding here. Like the ball's got to stay in bounds no matter what. Like those are the some of the like close out mentality. Those moments. are the things that I think. I know that sounds super dumbed down, but if this team could just get better at that singular thing, here comes a big moment. What can't happen? Yeah. Figuring that out, I feel like, would go a long ways with with this group, too. But I think it spills into what I, the second thing I wrote down for the next topic is, is there's also the intangible quality of what we're talking about, too, of confidence, believing you're going to win, expecting you're going to win. I still think that is as, as important as anything. And I don't feel like I'm speaking out of turn because he said as much on my podcast. I'm sure you have numerous conversations with your brother. I do, too. The thing that Barrett has been consistently saying is we keep on going, we just got to get these dudes to believe. Yeah. We got to get these dudes to believe. I ended the podcast with him basically asking him, "How do you? what's the key to having a good season? And he said, these guys just need to see their preparation and what we're telling them translate onto the field for confidence and for that belief yeah. and that buy-in to really explode. Yeah, Because there is... There is a little bit of that, oh, my God, here we go again, when one bad thing happens late in the game. Like, I don't think there's any confidence that they're going to be able to win these close games. And the only way to flip that bow is to win some close games. Yeah, they need to. So I think that's a that's a huge part of this thing because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes the difference between winning you know, a good season and a, and a bad season is not as big as you think it would be. Some of it is just kind of I'm pointing at my head here. It's what you it's it's your mind and your confidence and your and yeah. What I mean, you how, how many times has this Frost team just been blown out? Right? Really? I, it's funny. I wrote that. I looked not at that, that many at Michigan. Yep. Minnesota at Minnesota, and I, Ohio State. That's really it. In terms of getting like blasted, yeah, that's that's the part that I think is the what I'm I've been frustrated with with two years is like we're not getting just blown out. It's like we're stubbing our toe a lot. Yes, yes. Well, and the the other thing that would help with this, and I wrote down this stat, and I wanted to get it in that would also help it, last year especially is to some of these games could have been closed out by converting in the red zone mm -hmm. last year nebraska's red zone offense ranked 115th in the country that's almost dead last they had a 74 percent score percentage of just getting in the red zone which that then you know that keeps games close which then brings out the demons of doubt all those kinds of things yeah. Which spills into my next topic of special teams has to take a gigantic step this I was, year. I was going to say that 
with your um, um, closing out games. Like, I mean, a lot of those games that we've lost, it's like, Bo, I, the other thing, you know, I know, you know, you and I are like in an eternal state of Husker history because we've been watching these old games with these Husker classic recaps. But I talked about how the D line has been the common thread. You know what else has jumped out at me? Arguably as big as anything else that has stood out in watching all these old games where Nebraska had really good championship caliber teams is they were really, really good on special teams. Yeah. Especially the 1994 team. Like, the two games we've watched, the Colorado game and then the Miami National Championship game, they didn't just win the field position battle. They dominated yeah. the field position battle. And that's the stuff that adds up. The, the shitty the shitty punt, the bad kickoff coverage, the missed field goal. It may yeah. not feel like a lot in the first quarter and early second quarter, but that stuff adds up as the game wears on. Yeah, throughout a season, that stuff all adds towards the the overall wins and losses and i i think it's we like to look past it in the moment but man it's important it's really so that needs to change the kicker the kicking situation has to get better covering kicks has to get better uh the punting situation has to get better where you're penning people inside the the 15 the 10 yeah uh you know because that obviously that that also is helps your defense out. Your defense obviously isn't great, so make them go eighty five yards. You know, like yeah. And I feel like if when you're not the most talented team, which you know we're not right yeah. now, like don't you can't let something that's sort of like the effort, the effort execution only, like talent doesn't really get overly dropped into your special teams. It's like the it's the want to kind of agree. Uh, area of the game and if we can't be good there or even like in the top 100 in the country it's like that's you're you're really setting yourself back because you don't have it you can't make up for it other places like other like some schools could so like we really need to be like a top 10 in the country special teams type of team absolutely versus the bottom 10 absolutely i mean if if they're if nebraska is bad on special they're they're just not talented enough to overcome all the special teams mistakes at this point Two last things and we're out of here. We're at about an hour, so this is perfect. Um, I just wrote down Frost and the staff. Uh, you know, I do think the the one thing that I, I, I do hope gets gets better is, I mean, I do think there's been an element of some of Scott Frost's late game management has left a lot to be desired. And I'm not saying it's never all just one thing. It's never all one call or one, but like just... And some of it is is his philosophy to kind of keep on going, keep on attacking. I'm more of a chew clock, control the clock, control the ball kind of a guy, especially when you have a lead. That's not how they really play. Um, but I think for Frost, it'll be an interesting season where they're going to be in close games. And I think people forget that he's still a young coach that is learning. But you know he's got to start taking some steps with managing some some things at the end of games, and then it's going to be interesting to see how he manages this quarterback situation too. Yeah, this is going to be a big, uh, I think, coaching development year for Frost because there is, like you said, the, there's this is the time for him to step up some of this. Yes, uh, you know the the man management side of being a head coach that is so important that. You know, like and like I said, this is so great. Why we've been doing these Husker classics? Like you see, T.O. 
getting his first win in 78, but it was a different T.O. Yeah. than it was in 84, 94. You know, yeah. like, it was a more young – like, so – like Frost is coming out of his young era yes. and can he transition and take those sort of like take the lumps that he's had and turn those into like wisdom for the future. I, the thing that I, I think Matt, there's a chance Matt Lubick can really help Scott organization, organization, understanding. They, I think they see offense similarly. I think he can probably delegate a little bit more of – I mean, the first two years, you're just trying to install and get yeah. things done the right way. And I, I know they had uh, – you know, the whole Troy Walters and everybody came over, but still, like, this is – he's at – he's probably he's, – Yeah. Maybe that extra period in practice, instead of being down with the receivers, he can be more of a CEO and oversee it all. So I do think Lubick's going to help him. I think there's yeah. going to be an impact there. You know, especially like Frost is a guy that he is a – I think he's got a real knack for calling plays. Yeah. Like they said, he's a, like he has a knack for calling plays. He's a knack for communicating the right thing to the team when they need it. Like he has a yeah. g- gifts for those things, but like some people have other gifts. Like maybe Lubick is, he's just really good at being organized and be like, you know, the guy that's always watching the clock. Like those are things that can complement somebody else who has totally like you got to complement each other's skill sets and each other's weaknesses. That's totally agree. Last thing, we're out of here. How do we define success this season? Like, what do you want me to give you? I wrote down, let's see, one, two, three, four, five things. Let me hear it. The first thing I wrote down was just look like a team that is heading in the right direction. My analogy always, when I was on the radio, when I was trying to be Colin Cowherd, was you know, when you have something shipped to your house, you can track your package. Yeah. Ooh, it's in Joplin, Missouri. Ooh, it's in. Omaha. Ooh, it's not like you you know it's not there yet, but it makes you feel better that it's getting closer. Yeah. Right? Yep. Look I just want it to look like I'm not expecting Nebraska to win the Big Ten this year or go undefeated. Anybody that's expecting that is they're out of their gourd. Yeah. But look like a team that is heading in the right direction. Be disciplined, be smart, be tough, look organized. That's the first thing. The second thing is along those lines. And this is probably a lot to ask. Get beat. Don't give away games. Yeah. And I think there's a clear, there's a big difference between those two things. If a team beats you, fine. Ohio State beat us last year. Beat You shake their hand. But Purdue, you gave away that game. Colorado, you gave away that Indiana, game. you gave away. That, Minnesota beat us. No more giving away games that you had in your hands. I wrote down Colorado both years, gave away the game. Yep. Uh, Troy, I think you gave away that game. Yep. Uh, at Northwestern in Frost first year, gave just away. gave away that game. Indiana at home, I think you could make a case. Gay, I think you, you did. Gave away. Yeah. At Purdue, you gave that game away. I mean, that's that's six games. You know, and now things look a little different if you don't just hand them the game. Yeah. Then the last three are don't get embarrassed, you know, and, and that's actually been, even though that's they have a reasonable like, request, it's a yeah, just don't get like <laughs> that's a reasonable request. You didn't say don't lose. You said don't, don't get embarrassed. embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, that's like, and, and what's interesting is you would think things haven't gone well that they're getting pounded. They're really not, like, like we mentioned it, but I wrote it down in 2018 at Michigan got, got the tails yeah. kicked in. And then last year, Ohio State here beat them pretty good, and then at Minnesota. But other than that, 
It ain't like they're getting just rocked, but that's good. Keep that yeah. going. Then the last two are finish above 500 and beat one of Wisconsin or Iowa. I'm not saying beat both. Like, got to beat one of those two teams. I year. like that, though. I like that you chose you chose like two of our, our two best rivals. Those probably. are, yeah. you got, at some point, you got to start beating those teams. Yeah. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to be crazy and be like, you got to beat, beat both those teams this year. You know, like, but you, you, you need to stop get every year it's getting swept by both those teams you know yeah you need to beat it, at some point you got to beat one of those teams yeah i think is that's that, fair. is that fair like uh, so i'm not saying go undefeated i mean i'm saying look like a team's in the right direction get beat don't give away games don't get embarrassed beat one of wisconsin or iowa finish above 500 if if all those things happen and nebraska's 5 and 4 I think that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good summation. I mean, because you're 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 asking for reasonable things, and they're all very much, I think, doable. They're, those yeah. are doable. Those those are not like reaching for the stars, and they're also not. It's not too low. Where it's just like, uh, you know, show up, <laughs> give it. Put your eleven best. guys on the field. That's all I want to see. You just know, tr- like, show us you're trying. No, like, <laughs> that's not good enough. Like you gotta. We we need results too. Am I setting the bar too low? Um, no, yeah. because if we don't. If we don't give away games, I'm convinced we're going to win a good chunk this year. Yeah. That, this team's MO has been like we've been good enough to be in games and we can't pull these games out. Right. Or we're up and we give it, we piddle it away. Like, you know, if half of your games have gone that way. I mean, what, we've had 20, 24 games in Scott Frost's career and you're saying nine of them were lost on by a couple points yeah. or less? Think about that. I mean, that's close to half of our games. Yes, and so and so history tells us that of this eight game regular season with the ninth game in in December uh, December nineteenth, half these games are going to be close. Yeah, like they're they're going to be they're going to be tight towards the end of it. So again, that that's that's what I'm looking for. But you know this te- this team is not like like you know when we look at like the Big Ten West. Right. There's no reason at this point to not think, why can't we win the Big Ten West? I, you know what's weird is you do look around the Big Ten, and outside of Ohio State, and I'd say Penn State too. Yes. I'm not – there isn't any team on paper that is just you're terrified of. Wisconsin's starting quarterback is is just had surgery. They lose Jonathan Iowa, Taylor. Yeah, and they lose Jonathan Taylor, and then Iowa is sort of in a weird moment in time for Northwestern them. Northwestern was horrendous last year. Now, yeah. Fitzy usually kind of gets them going a little bit. Purdue should like, be better. It, it ain't, Purdue gets Rondell Moore back. They should be better. But Minnesota's it's, got their good receiver back. But still, like I, I just don't think, like when I think of Minnesota, even with this good receiver, I don't think, oh, man, they're at, we're no out of their league. I mean, to me, it's like you look at the Big Ten West, and it's like, the team that really steps up and plays well this year should win between one of those four teams. Yeah, I don't think you and I are unreasonable or unrealistic with how what we we don't look at Nebraska and and, and see a, a great team. But I don't also look across the rest of the Big Ten and, like I said, outside of Ohio State and Penn State, see a bunch of great teams. No, so I think it's fair when you're talking about our expectations. My expectation is the, not for us to win the Big Ten. 10 right like yeah. that, or success right what's yeah. success that it doesn't have to be winning the big 10 but it, it it's you got to be competitive in that race that's yeah, probably there you go. yeah that so that that'd be right because, well to me if you do all those things that i laid out you're probably gonna be right there yeah 
you know, you're 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 probably going to be right there. All right, there we go. Does that is that a crash course of getting people ready for this year? It is, and I like that somehow John Travolta became our defensive starter. And I cannot kept... wait to listen back to this podcast because I've never heard a less confident, meek. I don't know where that came hypothetical from. Hypothetical fake football player in my life. I that guy where... was horrible. That guy didn't want to take on he those tight no, ends. He wanted no. Our far. tight he ends was, intimidated that guy. He was terrified of Jack Stoll. Uh, I mean, Stoll. just terrified. He's a matchup nightmare for that guy. Total though. matchup nightmare. All right, my friend. Well, hey, you know what's fun is on Sunday because we like to let we like to sleep on it. Oh we'll my. sleep on it. We're back, baby. Recap pods. Okay, the, the, original, the original recap. Recap pods. Okay, so uh, make sure you get some sleep on Saturday night, pal. Okay, I'm excited. All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online, on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.